Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, Jake. Continues in 20 minutes. Talking all the latest line movement week one in the National Football League. We got to get to the Chargers and the Dolphins in Los Angeles. Really interesting point spread move there. But we got to welcome into the show right now. It's been a couple of weeks since we had him. He's on vacation last week. Had a great time in Mexico along the Pacific Coast. Sounded really awesome. And he deserves a vacation. One of the hardest working guys in the business. One of the best guys in the business. You know him. You love him. He's the whale capper, our good friend, Drew Densick on Twitter at whale underscore capper. Does awesome work with our friends at the NBC Sports Edge and awesome podcast with our pal, Andy Molitor, the deep dive pod. Be sure to check him out and support whales work as he supports us here on You Better You Bet. My friend, welcome back to the show. Hope vacation was great. Nick and Ken, how's it going? Oh, it's tremendous. I'm so fired up to uh, put a bow on this summer. Uh, loving loving this uh, tennis season. Uh, Cincinnati delivered in absolute spades with one of the most you know enjoyable and exciting uh, you know run up tournaments to the U.S. Open, which starts next week. And um, yeah, just uh, chomping at the bit to uh, put a you know put a bow on tennis season and get you know into the week one football matchups. Um, yeah, preseason's been awesome. We've avoided any of like you know the widowmaker injuries so far. Knock on wood. So. Uh, this is outstanding. And well, we've obviously uh, had some starting quarterbacks get announced, like Anthony Richardson's going to be the quarterback for the Colts. You know, like uh, all these yep. slots are kind of getting filled by different names. And and one got filled, too, with Baker Mayfield being announced as the starter for Tampa Bay. We talked about this last segment before we had you on. Nick really likes Tampa against Minnesota in week one. Number's very big. Minnesota by like six, six and a half in the market right now. Uh, Open seven and has been bet down. So some interest in Tampa from other betters as well. Um, we also talked about maybe the potential maybe, you know, Tampa wins the game, loses the game, whatever, that Minnesota might be particularly brutal this year. Maybe go under their eight and a half, maybe by a lot. Curious if you have a strong opinion on the Vikings, obviously a team that won a lot of one score games. Maybe they have a great coach. Kirk Cousins, pretty good quarterback. So it is, they're able to duplicate it. Maybe how about Minnesota and the week one game against Tampa? I like, uh, I mean, I agree with Nick's position. Um, I don't think that's the strongest side on the board for me, uh, but I 100% am with you that I don't make that a six uh, or even, what is it, six and a half right now? Yeah, that's a big, big number. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my uh, separation between these teams is not uh, huge. Uh, I think everybody uh, kind of would understand that Minnesota is around league average and Tampa Bay is below league average. But, um, you know, Tampa Bay is reasonably full strength on defense. Uh, I think they neutralize some aspects of uh, what Minnesota can do well. And I uh, also definitely don't have a, a strong affinity for the way they put this roster together for Minnesota on the defensive side of the ball. They got Daniel Hunter and a bunch of guys that uh, really are going to have to learn their way on the job, which is not a great way. Uh, you know, to you know, start things out under the uh, Brian Flores regime. Um, I thought that was a nice move uh, in the long term, getting Flores. But uh, again, I think this Minnesota defense to me 
spells trouble, uh, bottom five unit in terms of raw talent on paper uh, in a lot of ways to attack them. So um, looks like an overgame to me. Looks like a game that's going to be decided by who has the ball late. Uh, and, you know, for whatever it's worth, Minnesota has kind of made their bed that way in years past. But expecting them to run away and cover a six and a half point spread is asking a lot. Um I think their win total for the season is pretty spot on. I think it kind of comes in right around that nine and eight, eight and nine um, number. And that's mostly just because I think quarterback is at league average and, you know, short of him missing time due to an injury, um, you know, him paired with Justin Jefferson and strong tackle play. Um, you know, they're going to be a team that's going to be live to come back regardless of the deficit. Not unlike what we saw last year and uh, some of their, you know, late, late game uh you know histrionics is uh is you know no reason that that can't continue to happen when you have a play you know game breaking player like Justin jefferson on the field so um i think they're gonna you know they're gonna have their fair share of losses on this schedule i don't think they match up especially well with anyone in division um so i think this is probably uh you know a wild card team at best this season and uh you know probably a decent team to take the points against when you're getting this many well, you mentioned you like Tampa in week one, but it's not your strongest side of week one. What is? Man, there's a couple of big ones. Um, interesting to see the uh, Seattle coming down to four and a half there. Um, I like them against the Rams pretty pretty substantially. I make that, uh, you know, one of the bigger misses of the week. I would have put that closer to seven. Um, I know four and a half to six isn't, you know, especially fertile ground for capturing middles, but... Um, I'm not rating this uh, LA Rams team, particularly their defense is especially strong. So I think Seattle's a good bet. Um, I have a decent uh, a decent edge on Green Bay against Chicago week one. I have a decent edge on Washington against Arizona. I think Arizona's going to have a tough time getting into the double digits here from a scoring standpoint. Uh, as Ken was mentioning off the top, we're finding out who all of the starting quarterbacks across the league uh, you know, are going to be except for Arizona, who is still mired in an all-time quarterback battle between Clayton Toon and Colt McCoy. Uh, and either one of those guys behind that offensive line up against this defensive line uh, is going to spell a long day uh, for Arizona in uh, our nation's capital. Well, another game we talked about in the uh, in the first hour, and you mentioned line move like Rams Seahawks. That was a line move that was interesting to you. We talked about Tampa, Minnesota. That game came off seven like several weeks ago, and it's kind of in like you know Minnesota by six, six and a half. We had some live movement in the in the San Francisco Pittsburgh game, and I'm curious, kind of like if you've gleaned anything from maybe it's Pittsburgh in this preseason where you know it's hard. It's honestly it's hard not to watch Kenny Pickett and be like he might be awesome. Like that's possible. And with San Francisco, obviously still like some quarterback concerns, like it, it'll be Purdy, but what does that look like? Um, you know, Nick Bosa, what's that going to be? And and this game came off three. The Niners are only two and a half point road favorites against Pittsburgh in, uh, in week one. Did that draw your attention? Did that make you want to make a bet? Like what numbers would you kind of need to, to fire away now with this coming off the most key number? Yeah, I mean, uh, Mike Tomlin, Coach of the Year campaign starts here. <clears throat> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> i think uh i know i just think this is a good matchup for pittsburgh i like them at home uh early in the season i like the what we've seen from that offense so far in the preseason and you know it's i'm not trying i'm trying hard not to overreact to any of that because i'm i'm high on pittsburgh period like i make them very very close to browns and and uh and ravens actually above ravens in division uh and not us you know not especially far away from the bengals but the bengals elite, you know they have a, an elite offense which is going to be tough to compete with uh so i think pitts i think that uh afc north probably comes down to pittsburgh and cincinnati in my opinion 
Um, and, you know, Pittsburgh with the slightly easier schedule uh, gives them a leg up there. And um, this is a big one because there's kind of no, no, no other week you would have put San Francisco on your schedule. I don't think if you had them on your schedule, you'd want to face them week one. You'd want to face them before Brock Purdy got uh, a lot of reps under his belt coming off the uh, elbow surgery. And I think, um, you know, catching them a little bit uh, by surprise with a, a bit of a makeshift offensive line that has it's going to need some time to gel um, sets up pretty well for Pittsburgh to get an upset here. I played them on the money line. And again, uh, I think the best way to capitalize on any upside for the Steelers is uh, Mike Tomlin, coach of the year, because I'm not sure if you've heard this before, Ken, but uh, all this guy does is win football games and uh, oh, he's never won coach more than half of them. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, this is the year. <laughs> Mike Tomlin, 20 to 1 at our show sponsor, BetMGM, to be coach of the year in the National Football League. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Terrific Football Tuesday, talking week one in the National Football League with our good friend, the Whale Capper, Drew Densick, on Twitter at whale underscore capper. Well, Ken and I haven't gotten to yet the line move in the Chargers-Dolphins game, which now sees the Chargers as a three-point home favorite against Miami in week one. Now that that's where the number is sitting, Chargers minus three against Miami, does that make you want to make a bet on this game? If it gets to a flat three, I'd probably take the Dolphins. Um, I get it. You have to downgrade the Dolphins considering what we've seen from some of the injury questions swirling. Um, Jalen Ramsey, to me, matters. Uh, I think that takes this defense from top 10 uh, type of uh, skill and talent on paper into somewhere in the, you know, in the middle range. Um, and I think specifically paired with what Vic Fangio, you know, would want to do as a coordinator, um, you know, having versatility in your defensive backfield definitely matters, although his scheme does tend to take a little bit of the pressure off of individual guys. So, uh, you know, maybe they can make do with what they've got while Ramsey recovers. But, um, you know, this is a, this is a tricky one because I had inclinations to back Miami all summer long uh, in this particular matchup. Um, I think people are going to be a little bit too fast to look at last year's game tape and say, well, the Chargers figured out how to stop Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. They'll just do it again. They'll be physical with those guys. They're going to keep that offense bottled up. Um, and I would say that uh, the personnel that they have in the secondary, to me, uh, in general, a full year of you know, full off season of preparation to answer some of those questions, you're going to have uh, some some unique scheme wrinkles uh, for uh, Miami in this one that could catch you know the Chargers by surprise, and I think um, you know a fully healthy squad in terms of uh, skill position players and a healthy quarterback and Tua going into this game uh, to me makes them live. Um, I may ultimately not play this one uh, if we don't get uh, a flat three offshore, but I think realistically this is the one that you have to absolutely tune into if you're going to play AFC futures because this is going to have a huge. Um, you know, this is going to be have huge signal one way or the other in terms of either of these two teams challenging in what is a really competitive uh, division races. And uh, for people who maybe don't understand Wales' thing about three flats, so most of the market on this game right now is Chargers minus three. Uh, but if you want to bet Miami, you have to lay more than minus 110 basically everywhere. Our show sponsor, MGM, is literally the only three minus 110 on the board. Obviously, domestic sportsbook not available in every state, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But just to, kind of, to understand, we'd be like, wait, I see three. What's he talking about? It's not three minus 110 basically anywhere uh, except MGM if you wanted to bet on Miami. Well, we have a, a couple minutes left. We did an exercise. Talk, I talked about Minnesota in the first hour trying to figure out okay like if it's not arizona to have the worst record in the league and obviously arizona might be awful they might be a historically bad team they have the lowest win total by far but 
Kyler Murray might come back halfway through the year. And if they win even a couple games with him as the starting quarterback, like this could end up being a team that doesn't get the number one draft pick, doesn't finish with the worst record. There's a giant second group of teams. And then you can kind of go anywhere you want after that. If it's not Arizona that gets the number one pick in next year's NFL draft based on having the worst record, the fewest wins. If it's not Arizona, we made a case for Minnesota. Who would you pick as kind of the most likely team to get the number one pick next year? And we got about two minutes left. So Arizona is my number 32 with the bullet. Um, but your points are fair. Kyler Murray definitely could change the complexion of uh, how you power rate this team uh, in the back half of the season. And their schedule is not especially tough. Um, I think Tampa Bay is in the conversation uh, just because I don't have a ton of confidence that they're going to be winning football games over the balance of the season with Baker Mayfield under center. Um, and I also think, to have Tampa Bay flagged as the type of team that would kind of ship some of their veterans who are, you know, seeking paydays or getting com well compensated uh, in an effort to, you know, tack into a rebuild. So uh, Tampa Bay is on the list for me. LA Rams right now, I have uh, power rated quite low. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a little bit on an island here, I guess. Um, everybody tends to look at this Rams um you know depth chart and come to the same conclusions that this is like this is the most obscene um stars and scrubs unit you've ever seen in your life um we're going to answer the question of how do you power rate a defense where you have one hall of famer and uh, 10 jags um I, this is really really tough for me to see that you have like a this is an nfl uh you know starting uh starting unit here and i think um Stafford is a question mark for me that he's going to make it through a healthy campaign. Cup is a question mark for me that he's going to make it through a healthy campaign. And, you know, realistically, they may face a, a situation halfway through the season where they're deciding if they want to keep Cup around, if they want to keep Donald around, uh, or if they want to, you know, really and truly tack into a rebuild. So um, <clears throat> Rams, very, very high on the list for me in terms of a long tail to the poor. Um, and then uh, the other teams that I would throw into consideration are just your teams with your rookie quarterbacks who are going to be a little uncertain, uh, Carolina, Indy, and Houston. So um, that about rounds it out. I think uh, I've, I've warmed up a bit on what Washington is trying to do. I've warmed up a bit on what Las Vegas is trying to do that have kind of taken them out of that tier. Uh, I think the baseline you're getting from the Tennessee defense is enough to keep them out of that tier. Um, and then, you know, the, the entirety of the, uh, NFC North is bottom half of the NFL by my power numbers. Um, but they have such soft schedules playing each other and everything that they're going to all kind of finish right around 500. So, um, I think realistically you're talking about a coin flip between uh, Arizona and LA, uh, with, uh, Tampa, Houston, Indy, and Carolina as potential, uh, uh, factors in the fewest wins category. And when uh, when Whale gave that answer for people that don't know the expression, and he said ten Jags, they're like, oh, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jag is a shorthand, an acronym <laughs> for something else. Just, <laughs> just, just a just a guy in NFL. Just a guy, yeah. I use I use yeah. that term a lot on the show. Jag is just a guy, like someone who's like not very good. Well, you yeah. are not Jag. You are awesome. Uh, on Twitter, I'm like, sometimes I say things, and I'm like, can I say this? Yeah. I think that was pretty good. You're, you're Whale, not, not. What is this? <laughs> At Whale underscore Capper, NBC Sports Edge, the Deep Dive Podcast, my friend. We appreciate it. Stay well. Good luck with the bets. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, best luck, guys, and happy, uh, yeah, happy, happy football season almost here. Oh, baby, it's here. Oh, All man. right. The great Whale Capper, yeah. Drew Densick, joining us on You Better You Bet. On the other side, back to week one in the NFL. We'll touch on the Dolphins and the Bolts.